Give me the lumber. Hey, I think you want to hit the two iron, boss. Said I want the big dog. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! It's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard would make some great. Well, we're waiting. Welcome back to the Back Tea Boys podcast. You do not have all three Back Tea Boys tonight. It is just myself and Hugh. Hugh, how are we doing? I'm doing well, Tim. A little, a little somber that we're missing Pedro tonight. Uh, I think our audio will sound a little bit better, though, because we've got two mics functioning. It definitely will sound better. I mean, Pete uh, had just started a job with Citibank, so he's, uh, he's working late tonight, burning the midnight oil. Yeah, it's it's looking like it might start to be the norm. I think he's gonna have to request vacation days to record with us. So something he's something he's got to work on moving forward. Request an hour off to record the podcast at nine p.m. Uh, but it's a tough episode for him to miss. We're coming off the Ryder Cup. Um, it couldn't have been a better one if you're rooting for the Americans. I mean, the slaughter by the water. U.S. sets the record for largest win nineteen to 19 to 9 19 uh, to 9 yeah i mean it was just awesome to watch i couldn't I, the Ryder cup i love watching but that was that was special it, it it's so good to me and it's kind of like the olympics because it's not every year you almost forget how much you love it I, I, assuming people like the olympics <laughs> i i just am so obsessed with the Ryder cup when it happens and then two years go by and I forget how emotional I get and how excited I get and how awesome the action is. And you're just sitting there all weekend with your jaw on the floor all day. And it was so great. I mean, I don't know how many listeners we have across the pond in Europe. So I'd imagine most of our listeners were team USA. So <laughs> I think we can keep this pretty pro USA conversation. Um, but yeah, my, I know we're going to get into it, but my general takeaway was it, it was as good as ever. It reminded me that it's, the best golf event of the year when it happens, if not one of the best sporting events of the year. Um, and it just, it's always chock full of drama. So it was great. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. It, you're right. It, you forget how much you love it until you watch it and then you can't turn it off. I, I couldn't, you can't believe how much of that I watched over, over three days. Um, the, the format is also so much fun. It's so much different than what we watch on a regular basis that it, it draws you in just seeing the team aspect is, and the match play aspect, I think so much fun. Totally. And one thing I was thinking about with that, Timmy, is you get to see a lot of shots that you won't see on tour because they're always playing stroke play events. I'll give you a couple examples. The one that the Jordan Spieth hit on, was it 17, the par three, that I'm sure everyone's seen when he's up against the wall and he hits it 60 feet into the air. That's probably a shot he may not have tried if he was in a stroke play event and needed to play a bit more conservatively. Um, and you see this awesome outcome out of it. Or Patrick Cantlay, when he was playing Rom on, on Sunday, hit a crazy shot lefty um, from under a bush. And, and, and something that he probably would have taken an unplayable, tried to get up and down for bogey, but he was able to go for it. Um, or even, I mean, Bryson's drives, like the lines he was taking to try to carry some of these, some of these bunkers. Um, it's just, it just makes for more exciting golf when they have less to lose on every hole. And I think that leads into a point I've been wanting to make is that the PGA needs more match play. 
And I think even needs more team events and not just the Zurich classic. We need actual like meaningful team events. They're just, yeah. They have such a different vibe. And even once a year for that on tour, I think would just change up what is can get to be a little bit boring of a, of a PGA tour season. Yeah. I, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to know how they could structure that, but it would be cool if every year they had some sort of team a versus team B like team United States versus team America. And it's, it's the top 20 guys on the tour and it's, I don't know, a draft or something. And there's two captains and they play a match play event um, during the year. I, I do agree with you that the match play events fun. That being said, you don't want to take away from the Ryder cup. And part of what makes it great is that it's so infrequent and there's yeah. so much built up adrenaline and expectation uh, leading up to the year of the Ryder cup. So that's part of what makes it great is that it's, it's kind of infrequent. I agree. And I guess there's the president's cup, but that's just not the same. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. A couple of years ago, the US almost won in two days. So it's just not the not the same. Yeah. Um, same type of outcome. But I there are some people now saying the Ryder Cup needs to be every year, and that's just wrong. It part of the great thing of it is it's every two years and it's every four years in your country. I mean, we don't get it back till it's uh at in 2025 at Beth Page, which there's something which, about that weight that makes it awesome. Which I think we absolutely have to go to. Without a doubt, have to go to. And I, I'd be curious. So the, Patrick Harrington and Rory spoke to this a little bit about how cordial the Wisconsin fans were and how well they were welcomed. And it sounds like on the whole, they were welcomed pretty well uh, relative to other years. I think I think Beth Page will get chippy. I think we'll Definitely. get the the New Yorkers up there. We'll get the the folks from New Jersey traveling it up. And I think the reception of the European team will be a little bit different in New York. And getting, I kind of love that. You're getting them coming up from Jersey, the New York fans by themselves and coming down from Boston. That's just a recipe right. that's not going to lead to them being nice to the Europeans. And no. you know what? I'm okay. I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. We need a little bit more, a little bit more fire from the fans. I think, I think that would add I, a little. I think so too. I mean, us Bostonians like New Yorkers, we're not, uh, we kind of remember the the Revolutionary War like it just happened. I mean, Wisconsin wasn't even a part of it, so no. they didn't really have that chip on their shoulder. But I think the Bostonians will come down in droves to to kick the Europeans out. So I think it's going to be super exciting. We we got to somehow lock down tickets. Yeah, we definitely do. But um, seeing all these pictures come out today, Team USA got after it last night. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. It, it was it was cool to see. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know who was funnier in that press conference. And that press conference is going to go down in history as an yeah. all-time sporting press conference. Because it's it's arguably one of the best U.S. teams that we've ever put together. Yeah. And to see all of them up on stage together, pretty drunk, smoking cigars, hiding trulies underneath their seats, ribbing each other. It was It was just such a cool peek into what their energy and chemistry is like. Um, and seeing them talking about what Phil was saying throughout the week and, and how funny he was on the mic and then Brooks chiming in and DJ, honestly, I think they needed to get the mic away from him. He was a little bit too chatty. I thought he, he was, I mean, he, he had some all time lines. I mean, but if he had sat there for another 45 minutes, he could have lost some sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I wanted to know we saw that whole thing and people forget that Tony Finau was there and Tony Finau is a Mormon. 
What true. was Tony Finau doing during all doing during all this? Very true. He uh, he was kind of cool and collected, I guess, throughout the whole press conference. I didn't even think about that. Um, I don't know, maybe sipping on Dr Pepper or something. There was a I saw a clip where uh, Shoffley was smoking the cigar, and the smoke went back into Finau's face, and he's like brushing it away. He's he was horrified that he might. I, I thought so. Shoffley looked a little bit too comfortable with that cigar. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, he looked he looked MJ level comfortable with a cigar in his hand. Yeah, he did. He, he definitely did. But I also that was that that was one of my favorite moments. And Brooks trying to get the I guess it was a Michelob of Ultra Seltzer now, but was when DJ was talking was just very relatable. If you've ever tried to get a drink at a bar at a crowded bar, <laughs> while the cameras are on you, <laughs> but. Um, speaking of DJ, DJ is now one of three guys to go five and zero in a Ryder Cup. That's pretty impressive. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought this up, Timothy, because I think we had some back and forth a couple of weeks ago about the best, who's the best when they're on, and I, I'm very glad to touch this topic tonight because I know you've been very pro JT Justin Thomas. And I don't want to take anything away from him, but I've been on record as saying when Dustin Johnson is on, he's the best golfer on the planet. And I think he showed that this week. I mean, absolute dominance. Um, he's the oldest guy on the team and he was had as much energy as anybody for him, I guess. Uh, he was partying as hard as anybody. And I think he's just such a beast on the court. So I think that just adds to his resume of being one of the best and I think the best um, when he's on. That Ryder Cup performance definitely helped your case. I still stand by Justin Thomas. Um, what was his record, JT's? Uh, like it wasn't. And, yeah, it wasn't. As, it wasn't five and zero. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been one, two, and one actually. Oh, um, but DJ did get paired up with the best iron player in the world, so that helped, that's helpful. Yeah, um, he was with Colin and Xander, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good little combo. Those don't, yeah, those don't hurt. Um, but. Speaking of Justin Thomas, I believe Justin Thomas has now taken the Captain America title from Patrick Reed. When I think of U.S. Ryder Cup, I think thus, I think Justin Thomas. He just has so much energy. He's out there shotgunning beers on the first to get the crowd warmed up. Him and Speed together are just electric. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. So, so what you're saying is totally true, and he had he had more energy than anyone else on the U S side. What, what solidified patch. And I'm not a fan of Patrick Reed, but what solidified at him as captain America for me is that he backed up his play. And I, I don't remember what his exact record was. Was that 2016? Uh, yeah, it must've been because we got killed yeah. in 2018. Yeah. Um, but he, he was an animal. I mean, he was winning matches. He was, remember that match with Rory one-on-one and I, and I totally loved the energy that JT was bringing, but honestly, I think one, he was a little bit too animated at times when it didn't quite warrant that animation. I think he was just kind of looking for the energy, which is good. I won't fault him for it, but I think it was a little bit over overblown. I think it was a little bit theatrics. And also in a lot of those clips where he's making those amazing putts and fist bumping and getting the crowd going, he didn't end up winning the match. He either halved it or he lost one of them. So I'm going to push back on you. Um, I love JT on the Ryder cup and I certainly want him on every team for as long as probably I'm going to be watching. Um, 
but I, I don't know that, that he totally took it from, from Patrick Reed. I think that's fair. I think even those moments that they they squeaked out half a point or got the crowd going so much that that because the crowd's such a big part of the Ryder Cup, it's why they didn't play it last year, even though they played three of the other majors. That just getting the crowd going is such an important part, and he's likable. He's not. He's not. Patrick like Reed. Patrick he's not Reed. Cheating. Yeah, he's not cheating. He's not just the worst. <laughs> Um, but going on to the worst or actually someone who I'm going to say used to be the worst because I'm going to make a hot take right now on this oh podcast. God, Timmy, Timmy, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I'll put you on mute. I am growing to like Bryson DeChambeau. Tim. I am. He Tim. couldn't have been more likable this week and I'm sure he'll do things that are going to piss me off. And I mean, this long drive contest this week will probably change this opinion for me. And it's easy when you're doing the U S is winning and the Bryson and him are kind of squashing the beef and they have those shirts on, but he was beyond likable this week. I actually really enjoy Bryson. You got a lot of recency bias going here, I think. Big time, without I a doubt. I think you you got the champagne flowing on the U.S. side. You see all smiles. Timmy, we're about twenty six sh- hours from the last putt going in. So yeah, I do. <sighs> Timmy, we're talking about Bryson DeChambeau here. He's such a tool. Yeah, but it worked this week. It, like it was, he was a tool okay, in a way your, that it was. Who's your who's your who's your least favorite NBA player? LeBron. Probably LeBron. I, I don't know. Probably LeBron. I okay. feel bad for him more now, but. Well, okay. I need an athlete you hate. You hated a Rod. A Rod. A Rod. Okay. If a Rod got traded to the to the Red Sox, what would your thoughts be about I mean, A-Rod? He almost did, and I probably would have loved him if he did. So. <laughs> I mean, okay. If, so you're not if, you're not a man of conviction then. You're if, not LeBron, a man of conviction, if LeBron, if so LeBron became really a, became a Celtic, I'd probably love LeBron. If Aaron Rodgers got traded to the Patriots, I'd probably love Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> okay, maybe that's not a great analogy because I would agree with you. But the difference in this example is that Bryson DeChambeau is no longer representing the United States in the Ryder Cup. And he's now an individual golfer on the PGA Tour. But in two years, he's going to be representing them again. And I don't know his aunt where he like called his drive on the first hole the first day. I thought that was entertaining. The eagle putt on one in singles matches was so good. I mean, the, the driving the green is bearing that putt for eagle, walking off holding his putter in the air. I mean, how can you not love that? I did as a as a fan of the United States and rooting for the Ryder Cup. I of course I loved it, but I just think he's. I just. Uh, Do I think I will have to revise this opinion on this very podcast in the next three months? Yeah. Do I hope Bryson keeps this momentum going? Yes, because I think it would be good for golf. And I loved watching him and Brooks kind of squash their their beef. I mean, it almost made it feel like it was fake, like the whole the the, the, the beef was fake. Um, okay, I I don't think it was fake. So the, it was kind of weird how they did squash it, but I I've come around. So I don't think Bryson really cares whether. I don't think Bryson has an opinion about 
Brooks. I think Bryson is fine with Brooks. I think Brooks just hates Bryson. Yeah. So I think all it was, was Brooks saying, okay, for the cameras, for the team, for the mojo, I'm just going to hug Bryson and like act like everything's fine. I think Brooks still really hates Bryson. Like I do. I don't think he hates, I think he probably gets annoyed by Bryson at points and everyone okay, does. No, That's fine. Yeah. I don't think he hates it. like that. Not the hug in front of the cameras, the hug at the, on the green after seemed genuine. No, that was uh, the shirt was the shirts team USA had made were awesome. I think, I think Brooks drank the Kool-Aid for the betterment of the team and the country. And he put his opinion to side, but I, I do not think Brooks likes Bryson at all. Forgotten country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm glad he, I'm glad he did. Cause it, it, I think it paid off and it sounded like they were okay playing together, which is really awesome. And Stricker said that he would have paired them together. Uh, maybe it just wasn't a good matchup, but I, I think the, I think the beef is probably squashed because now Brooks can't just go back to being bullying Bryson. Curt. Yeah. He can't really go back to that. So I think the beef you're right is probably squashed, but I don't think Brooks's feelings about Bryson are squashed. Yeah. I think, <laughs> people forget the PGA is for these guys, a workplace. Like everyone here has been annoyed by a coworker at points and that just happens. And which, Cong- think, which, which, which Congress person have you been most annoyed with to me? Um, I don't know. I haven't met a bunch of them, but AOC probably, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but either way uh, you get annoyed with people and we're just all our eye rolls aren't caught on camera. I mean, there's been times when a coworker's walked away from your desk and you did exactly what Brooks did when Bryson walked by him. And but no one knows. So I, I think it was overblown because it was really good. It was really entertaining content. Um, but I do agree the beef is squashed. I don't think they're gonna be best buddies. I don't think anything like that, but I don't think they're gonna be openly annoyed with each other. Yeah. Um another another thought. Would you agree? I've been thinking about this, that this is one of the best years because Tiger's been out. When was, when was his accident? 2009? Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So between 2009 and now 2021. Um, so 12 years, the, Tiger's been in and out of the sport mm-hmm. in varying degrees. I think this past year of golf was one of the best years for golf when tiger wasn't there because obviously when tiger's not around there's a clear the 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 balloons deflated a lot of energy a lot of attention i think phil winning the pga was huge and kiowa was an unbelievable venue Mm -hmm. um patrick cantley's dominance at the bmw and the um tour championship was sick John Rahm at Torrey Pines, the way he went birdie, birdie, those two putts were unbelievable. We had the, this unbelievable Ryder cup. Um, I, I think, I think this was as good a year without tiger as you could ever expect to get. I think it's probably, oh, since and, two- oh sorry. And, and Jordan Spieth came back. Came yeah. Back. I think since 2009, this is probably the second best year for golf. Number one would be, it would be 2019 when tiger won the masters. Um, it was an awesome year, especially with a lot of new golf fans from COVID people taking up the sport and they're not watching the Zura classic. They're turning on the PGA and seeing Phil win and they're turning on the, the U S open and seeing what John Rahm did. And I thought we had some great winners this year. All the majors were good. And then the Ryder cup, 
I mean, there's nothing better than the Ryder Cup. And this was from an American golf perspective. Yeah, from American golf perspective. As good as it can get. It's really that that simple. I think it's great for the game. I think um that the PGA and Seth Waugh are doing a great job. The USGA is doing a great job. They're all starting to kind of expand some venues, which I've been loving. Um, except the US Open was at Tory again. But God, just stop putting it at Tory Pines, please. Um yeah, they, the park, the parkland thing is is weak. If you're gonna do a parkland, put it at Wingfoot. Like <laughs> put it at put it at Wingfoot every single year. If they could go I don't think back that many forth, people would complain. Go back and forth between like Wingfoot. Pinehurst, whistling at Whistling Straits, like yeah. The USGA is kind of stuck in this thinking of it has to just be the same tall, rough, narrow fairways. And it doesn't. Like we just want to watch cool golf, and the Whistling Straits gave it to us. How that golf course is sick. I also think the U.S. Open. It's it's the United States Championship. Yeah. It's our opportunity to show the world how unbelievable our golf courses are. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Tory is not one of the top 30 golf courses America has to offer. Yeah. It's fine. And it's I, good. So I will say the, the, the atmosphere of looking over the cliffs on the coast is incredible, but the course doesn't feel ingrained in the cliffs yeah. like whistling is, or like Pebble beach banded or banded. Yeah. It's almost like it was just placed next to the ocean. Yeah. And I think that's that's my gripe with it, which I think you agree with. I couldn't um, agree with more. It's yeah, yeah. if it wasn't on the real estate it was on, it would be a good course when you go visit your buddy in Nevada to go yeah. play to be kill a TPC four, course to kill four hours. Like yeah. It would not even come close to hosting a US Open. Uh but whistling was awesome. And that Wisconsin swing is awesome with Aaron. Aaron Hills is another one. That's an awesome golf course. It doesn't have to be on the ocean, but or on Lake Michigan. What about Arcadia Bluffs? Do you think that's long enough? Yeah, it's 73. That's probably that's long enough. Um, that's yeah. the one the only thing the USGA, the PGA would probably do it first, but um that's got three par threes, three par fives, and three par fours on each side. Oh. And the US Open doesn't love doing that unless they could. I don't remember when we played it, what the distances were. Um, if they could make two of those par fives, par fours, they probably could for mm-hmm. the pros. Um, but whistling absolutely killed it. I, I have nothing more to say about my thoughts on Tory Pines and boring Parkland golf. I just <laughs> want more exciting golf. He's done US, with it. He's done with it. The USGA seems to be doing it with the Pinehurst as, a, as an anchor site, but. We'll, we'll move on from my 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 gripes about the USGA. I well, think the PGA is doing a much better job. We haven't touched on the the swag and, and the, the outfits this Bro. weekend from the Ryder Cup. What'd you think? Because I they looked I, I, US they looked good. good. They look good. I think growing up, and, and this is part of the Tiger effect that which took effect over the past 20 years, but growing up, the Ryder Cup was just XXL t-shirts made of wool. And pants yeah. made of wool that had three folds at your ankles. And it just, it, they, it just, there was nothing cool about it. And I don't know if Ralph Lauren was the sponsor back then. I would assume not, but like our Lex has just totally transformed the U S team. And I think they looked so good. Uh, Pete was telling me RIP Pete. He's um, down in uh, bunch of numbers. Yards. 
Yeah, he's crunching numbers. Uh, he was telling me that like each of the guys got custom fit yeah. leading up to the championship, and and they were just they were just really cool. I mean, I love the the knit sweaters with the names on the back. So cool, so cool, and they looked so much better than the Europeans. The outfits. I couldn't. The Europeans is tough. I I don't the blue and the light blue and yellow just to me isn't a good color scheme. You go back and they look the same as they did 10, 15 years ago with outfits. They need to bring in some better designer and just do what the U S did. I mean, Ralph Lauren did such a good job. They looked no shirt was like gaudy or like terrible Mm -hmm. and bright. They all looked like classy, but like a kind of a hint of hint of of flair. Who could, who could, who could Europe use? Like Hugo Boss, aren't they? European? There's a billion European yeah, designers. It's literally a billion. <laughs> like we, Ralph Lauren's our only one. <laughs> like yeah. they have a lot. Um, but you got to do better. Just why do you think so many guys went? Well, I'm thinking of Patrick Cantlay specifically. Went hatless because he doesn't. He doesn't wear. He wears a hat on tour. He does. It's more guys do it in the Ryder Cup, and it might be a sponsor thing. But I think it's kind of just been a. Guys have done it in the past in the Ryder Cup, so it's almost like an homage to those guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I Maybe did that fixing when, their tan. I did that when we played on uh, Saturday. I didn't love it. Oh I yeah, I, I it's because mm-hmm. I forgot a Pfizer, but <laughs> the Maybe sh- that's sh- what happened. Patrick can't like forgot Pfizer. <laughs> I'm sure that giant merchandise tent didn't have one he could go get. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, speaking of Ralph Lauren being the designer, JT back in. Uh, Back in Ralph Lauren gear. Yes. So for listeners who aren't aware, um, what was it, a year ago? A year, I mean, maybe two years ago? Probably. It was during COVID. So during the, when there were no fans during COVID. Yeah. Justin Thomas was over a putt, uh, yeah. missed missed a pretty short putt, and threw out a expletive that uh, got caught up on a hot, hot mic. And Ralph Lauren basically cut him um, as, a, as a player on their roster. So he's, he switched. I don't know what he's wearing now. He's he were Grayson for a while. He wore Peter Millar for a while. Okay. I don't think he has a deal yet. I think he's just Peter Millar is not a, a bad constellation. Grayson's not either. Yeah. But yeah. So, so the, the team was sponsored by Ralph Lawrence. So he was wearing it this week. So I don't know. I don't I'd be curious to know what his feelings were about it. Yeah. I, he might, he honestly might have not thought about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, another piece of clothing. Just another but we, piece. we certainly, we certainly didn't Ooh, think about it. We will certainly try to get content. Uh, out of that but uh one more thing I, I really want to talk about is what this Ryder cup means going forward for both us and european golf because i don't think the future has ever been brighter for american golf um and i don't think it's really ever been dimmer since the Ryder cup went to all, all europe instead of just great britain and ireland for the europeans they have a lot of guys aging out uh, and not any big studs coming to fill in. And I guess I could change in the next two years, but I couldn't agree more. And I know this has kind of been the narrative over the past two days, as people have been dissecting what happened, that this is a new age for American golf. Europe's kind of, you know, uh, in, in trouble here, but I think it was really apparent in the press conference. I mean, compare the two press conferences aside from, the celebration versus versus the sadness of the Europeans. Take that aside. A lot of questions in the European uh, tent was about this being potentially your last Ryder Cup. What does it mean to you? And they were talking to Ian Poulter about that and Lee Westwood. Um, 
and maybe uh, not Paul Casey. There was, there was another, uh, maybe it was Paul Casey. Another guy case, that was two years. Yeah. And yeah. Casey didn't want to match this year. This... Right. Right. And, and, and it was just, that was kind of the theme and there wasn't anyone on the U S team where you would even remotely think to ask that. I mean, Dustin Johnson, I think could win six more majors and yeah. he, he was the oldest guy on the team. That's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like and, Dustin Johnson in my eyes is still 30. Yeah. During the European Crazy. press conference, there was a weird moment where John Rahm's like had some, I don't know if you saw this, but he's, he said like, um, who knows this could even be my last Ryder cup. <laughs> like, and everyone's like, dude, you're going to be fine. Like, he's like, I don't like to take anything for granted. It's like, okay, but dude, you're the number one player in the world. I think you'll be fine in two years to play on that Ryder cup team. But yeah, the Europeans, I mean, Westwood, that's probably his last one. Yeah. He's Holter, 49. I think you said, I, I, the best way I heard to describe this is the Europeans are going to have a bunch of great Ryder cup captains in the next 10 years. The Americans are going to have a bunch of good Ryder cup players in the next 10 years. That's a great call. I mean, you got Keimer, Westwood, Poulter. You got a lot of really good captains for that European team, but not Stenson, a lot of great players. Stenson. Stenson, but not a lot of great players to, to fill that role. Yeah. I think like even, I mean, this isn't to discredit Rory, but he's no longer like the up and coming. No. European. He's, he's a vet now. I think Matthew Fitzpatrick has kind of over the past five years, he'd hopefully have been a rising superstar for the Europeans. And I don't think he's won a, I don't think he's won a match. I think they were saying he hasn't won a match in the two Ryder cups he's played in. Um, and not to discredit him, he's still making Ryder cup teams, but he's not the answer. At some and point you just, have to stop rising and just be the guy. Right. It, right. And you just think where, where are the the two to three studs on the European team? Yeah, Tyrell Hatton. No, I love I mean, honestly. I love I love the guy. I think John he's hilarious. Rahm. John Rahm. Oh, okay. Oh, and sure, then, sure, sure. That's it. Yeah, that's their stuff. I mean, oh, Sergio. Sergio was the older player. I was also yeah, true. If Sergio, again, not to discredit Sergio, but if he was one of your shining stars on your Ryder Cup team. And he's now had more Ryder Cup points than any player in history. That's a sign that that you're aging out, and you're you don't have superstars to come in and backfill for the history that you've had. So I think, I think, I think Europe's in trouble. I think they know they're in trouble. I think, I think they were very um, gracious losers. I think they acknowledged how well the U.S. team played. They acknowledged Steve Stricker's game plan and how they stuck to the game plan and they just got outplayed. I mean, there wasn't much they could say that there wasn't much they could, they could really justify. Um, and not only did they get outplayed, they were just a worse team. I think objectively a worse team. And I think everyone kind of knew that going in and it just kind of came to fruition come Sunday. Yeah. I think, I mean, everyone did know it, but I think there was always that like in the back of everyone's head, it's like, Oh, Europe dominates the Ryder cup. America has better players, but Europe dominates the Ryder Cup. And this was the first year, even though we won in 2016, it was this was the first year where it's like, okay, we've got the better players and we're going to dominate the Ryder Cup. Right. Like, and who knows? It's a different game when we go over to Rome in two years um, with a hostile crowd. But, and also it, something else we're not even talking about is you think about the, the 12 guys that were, we had on our team this year, I feel like there's another 10 that, that could have interchanged, like interchanged, inter, been interchangeable for our team. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if R- Ricky's kind of been on the, the low, but he's a, he's usually a staple on our Ryder cup teams. Max Homa. I know you love Kevin, Knock, Kevin Kisner, awesome. Matthew Kevin Knock. Wolf. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's endless. Um, you could have added any of those guys. And Will Zalatoris, who knows where he'll be in five years. Th- that team, you could add any of them and that team would have been just as strong. Right. As captain specs. Right. I'd be, honestly, I'd be nervous as someone trying to make the team again or someone trying to get into the team. I mean, that is a tight roster to fit into tight. And that's, you got to remember one guy who I believe is going to win the 2022 masters uh, who's rehabbing right now. Who, who's that to me? Eldrick taunt woods, uh, better known (laughs) as tiger. Um, I mean, if he comes back, let's see, he's not on that Ryder cup team. And I know it's a different vibe when he's around and, but there's a lot of guys that the Europeans bench is just not there. I mean, it's the Europeans have a weaker bench than the New York jets is really what it is. Simpson's been playing well. (laughs) Yeah. I I would be very annoyed if I was a European golf fan. And maybe I had a couple friends who they're American, but, but they, they hail from Europe and, uh, their ancestors do. And, and they were tough to talk to this weekend. They had a lot of juice going in and not much come Saturday night. Yeah. I, I don't know where they go and maybe there's some studs on the European tour. We don't know about, but I have a feeling we would have heard. <laughs> right. Right. What a week team USA. The future's bright. I, I do want a Ryder Cup next year, but I know it can't because we'll ruin the Ryder Cup. I guess I got to get up for the President's Cup. I don't know if I can do that, but I mean that's going to be that's going to be pure dominance, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I we talked about this. I thought the Ryder so this was technically the 2020 Ryder Cup, but celebrated yeah. or competed in 2021. I saw a commercial for Beth Page and it was 2025. I think after this, they're shaped because they had purchased all the like signage and merch and everything. And they didn't want to change it from COVID. Should it, shouldn't it have been 2020 to 2024? Yeah, but they're, they're, they're moving the actual dates. So the president's cup is in 2022. The next Ryder cup is in 2023. Oh, Oh, I totally, I totally missed that. Right, right, right. So they pushed them all back, but they didn't want to rebrand for this Ryder Cup year-wise. Okay. Um, where's it? Where's it being played in 2023? It's in Rome. Wow. So, and of course, I don't know a lot about it. I, I saw some pictures today. Um, but it looks pretty good. And then it's uh, Beth Page in 2025 and 2027 is at Adair Manor in Ireland. So some pretty good venues coming up. But. I, I I wish it was here tomorrow because I am so excited for the Ryder Cup. <laughs> it's just, it, 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 but it's the beauty of it. And that's what, I mean, I give Rory a lot of crap um, for being an awful putter, but I do like him. I think he's, he's a, a great golfer. He seems like a great husband, now a great dad. Um, but him, he got choked up in his post-round interview. Yeah. I mean, really choked up. And he talked about how, playing on this team means more to him than anything he's done as an individual golfer. He's basically said, you can keep the rest of it. This is all I care about. This is where my heart is, is with this team. That was really cool to see. And that the feeling that players have about the Ryder cup 
compounded by the fact that it's not every year just makes each showing yeah. of the Ryder Cup so monumental. And it just builds into the drama and the allure of it. So, yeah, Tim, I'm with you. It stinks. I wish there was another one next week. But, you know, good things are worth the wait. Um, I'm glad we were together to watch it when we actually had Pete. Uh, you know, he's working hard at City right now. Maybe we'll cut Maybe we'll have him record something and cut it in, just his little take. Maybe we can get that from him. Uh, it's um, not worth it. We will, yeah, we'll save not. His takes are in the trouble. I do owe Pete a, a thank you though, because he he uh, suggested that him and I bet on Colin Morikawa to be the rookie with the most points, and he got three and a half, which I think is what did it. Because Xander and him both had three going into it, and Xander lost his match, but Colin won. Yeah, or Colin tied. Colin yeah. Well, she it was great watching you with, with it up in up in Maine. It was great playing a little golf. Uh, anything to leave the listeners with? No, I I'm I'm trying to see what else there is to look forward to now that this is over. We we do have um, a familiar face headed back to Foxborough this weekend, Timmy. I don't know yeah. if you're aware of this. I am very aware. You are aware. Uh, for those who aren't aware. Thomas Brady is headed to play the New England Patriots on Sunday night football uh, this upcoming week. So while it won't be the Ryder Cup, I think it'll be just as intense and potentially just as lopsided. Uh, Timmy and I were chatting about this earlier. We're a little bit worried about the Patriots chances here. They might look a little bit like Team Europe. (laughs) I will be rooting for the Patriots, but I will be betting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) I think that's a smart bet, Tim. I might have to follow you there. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Can't wait for the Ryder Cup. Can't wait for, I guess, the President's Cup. But uh, (laughs) uh, make sure you play it back, listeners.